Hey, this is Paige Craig, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Like just like turning all this shit over the table, everything like this music just got me in that mood now. I just want to destroy everything. Mosh pit, mosh pit, dude. Sort of pit. Don't get him excited, dude. <laughs> don't get the don't get the young one excited over here. But uh, we're live, guys. Facebook live, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna try this setup, see how Hi. it goes. Hello, Hi, Moto the, X Pod Show. Watching. <laughs> yeah, no one watching yet. Episode uh, 45 brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, York Welding and Fab, All Sport Dynamic, and TPJ Racing. I'm your host, Muscle Mark, in studio. I got the, the regular uh, gathering of idiots. Uh, first on the list, as always, he's our producer. <laughs> he's, uh, he's an interesting guy. Mr. TJ Smith, what's up, dude? Oh, nothing, man. Speaking of York Wilding, I had to go get a pipe fixed, and I got to go see the grill that he's building for the giveaway, what, guys. Tell, tell us about that. Dude, it's it's, it's going to be awesome. Really? I wish I could win it. It's tailgate grill we got coming perfect up. Perfect size tailgate grill, and then yeah. some of the work he does over there just, just butter. Carl's amazing, yeah. dude. He like, can literally do anything. Like, he went literally. out there with that, with that TIG welder and went, oh, here you go. You're done. I'm like, what? It was crazy. I'm telling you. It's like second nature, you know what I'm saying? But, uh Joining me to my left, now you guys can actually see what direction everybody's sitting in. Well, I mean, this man needs no introduction. He's the one, the only, Dark Side Jamie. Guida, what's up, dude? What up? I'm uh, looking forward to this. Got Shorty tonight. Andrew and Short. Kenny Watson. The great Andrew Short, the great Kenny Watson. We're going to talk to our right. buddy Chris Cooksey. Yeah. He's going to join us for our Locals Only segment later on. Let's uh, let's touch on the uh, the All Sport Dynamic giveaway right quick, Jamie. Yeah. Um, okay. So All Sport Dynamics is one of our new sponsors. Great uh, braces, by the way. I enjoyed yeah. wearing those. Yeah, day. you guys got to wear yours for the first time. Mm-hmm. So for those of, the, of you that don't know, All Sport Dynamics is the uh, wrist brace that guys like Brock Tickle, Joey Sibachi, Adam Cianciarillo, Justin Vogel, Matt Gurky, Brock Tickle, and even uh, you know Justin Barsha used to wear them. These braces are awesome. They're one of our sponsors. And what, what Jeff Brewer, the owner of the company, is doing is he's going to let us give a set away each month. But right now, we have a the way we're doing this is if you guys send in a goon riding picture to our Instagram or our Twitter and tag at MotoXPod on Instagram and on – no, on Instagram it's at MotoXPodShow. Mm. On Twitter it's at MotoXPod. And then hashtag AllSportDynamics. And uh, we're going to pick a winner, best goon riding picture that we decide on. We'll win a set of these braces. Mm-hmm. We should have got pictures of Mark this weekend. He'd have, he'd have won. Yeah. Well, I already have a set of braces, though, so I'm good. Like, I, <laughs> I, know, he, he I was about to say, if we got James's pictures, it would be all good. Can That's you really right. call what he did riding? I mean, he'd take like half a lap and come hey, off. Hey, and... I told you guys I work sections. 
And then by the time I'm ready to do laps, I'm too tired. Yeah. <laughs> I get warmed up, get good and comfortable. And by the time it's time to go burn laps, I'm well, a little bit of it was, too. We got a little, caught in a little bit of a monsoon. Now, that didn't stop right. Michael Gage from Jeez. doing about 10 laps on my bike, yeah. which was cool with me. I enjoyed watching him. He's really enjoying it, and I'm happy for him to do it. But at that point, like you're, you get a little rested up, then it's like a mud fest out there. Yeah, we were yeah. done at that point. Yeah, that was done. We, which we is got cool. A little bit of Harvey that we're probably gonna get. And... Yeah, it was it was really cool as far as the, the time of the rain coming. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm done. I pulled off the track, and as soon as I got under the underneath the awning, they were coming down. So yeah. it was perfect. It was like a t- what did somebody say? It's like a, a tall cow pissing on a flat rock. Yeah, something like right, that. Right. But uh, hey, speaking of Harvey, guys, Houston people, we love you. We're thinking about you. Um, I've been trying to help coordinate, get people to send this and that down, do whatever I can from here because I can't get off work to come. But uh, I, plenty of my friends are down there. My buddy David Rothwell has got a group of boats down there, and uh, they're trying to help everybody they can help. So yeah, look, a couple we, of our we love you, and we're thinking Hiles of you. down there, and of course Cha Cha, um, owner of MX Girl Design, she's yeah. down in that area. Mm-hmm. They're all safe, but um, you know a I lot saw, of people aren't. I saw Jacob uh, Shouter, how, how you say his last name, had his. His printing machine up on top of tables in case they flooded his house because he didn't want that like thousands of thousands of dollars no, in his water. And my, my brother-in-law's staying here for a few days while it's flooded down there at his place. So man, I, it's crazy. I, I feel for everybody that's involved in that. You know, it's a bad deal. But um, we've got a really, really good show lined up tonight, guys. What do you think? Indiana's come and gone. Pro motocross is over for the year. We do have the GP coming up in uh, Florida this weekend. But uh, as far as Lucas Oil AMA Motocross. That's a wrap, guys. I've kind of been waiting for it to be over so Supercross can start. <laughs> I'm ready for Supercross as well, you know. Man, I thought it was a great season. I wasn't really ready for it to be over. Mm-hmm. I wish I wish it had finished out a little different. Um, you know, seeing, seeing Tomac just kind of ride around. Not really ride around, but he didn't really put in a full effort. I, I, right. It's kind of disappointing, but I understand why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and but seeing Muskin going after uh, – Hurlings, that was that was that well, was a pretty good. Hurlings came in here and just stomped on everybody. Dude, didn't he, he did, and you know, there's a lot of different opinions out there about it. You know, I mean, hell, the dude came over to a track he'd never been on, on a bike he'd never been on, with very little time, and made our guys look pretty bad. Oh yeah, you're not even joking about I mean, that's that. That's the way it is. You know, yeah. you you could say, well, Tomac was being safe, and Marvin did run with him for a little bit, but to me, Marvin was on the edge. Like bear, he was, you know, well, it, that that crash, uh, second moto, like towards the last part of the moto, like that is so unMarvin Moose. Yeah, definitely. You know, well, yeah. The, there was a lap in the first moto where it seemed like he almost went down like three times, Man. and it was sketchy, you know. But Hurley's never looked like that at all. That never, I Hurley, you know, he was never. Just, and I mean, a little bit of it too. Dude. You got to remember, dude. Our guys are. This is fresh, fresh blood for him. You yeah, know, our guys are done. It's the last round, and I'll give Tomac this. Roxon did the same thing a few years ago. If you remember, we were still going to uh, what was that race where they Miller Motorsports Park where they had that. Oh yeah, know, yeah. When Roxon won his first outdoor title, was, yeah. yeah. I mean, he let he let them guys go. Sure. You know, he let Dungey go or whoever it was, and uh, it was you know, it is it is what it is. I mean, Eli had a really good season. I'd say now he's got that out of the way, they'd better look out because it's not going to be as hard we'll to see. win a second one as it was the first one. Yeah, I mean, now nah, we'll see. You're right. We we'll will, see this but, weekend. You know how things go. You know, I mean, but. I'm a proud American, but I was still impressed. I mean, I, I, nothing against that dude. Uh, he oh, was yeah, I didn't care. Amazing. The, be, the best race. I mean, Marvin wins, and I ain't never pissed about it. I was, you know, yeah, who I cares? Was just, that was exciting to watch what he could do. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, he may he may be the best rider in the world. I mean, let's say he is. So good for him. I mean, that was just 
incredible what he did. As far as, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say who the best rider right. in the world is. Of course, in America, we all think who it's who's the best at Supercross. Right. And technically, that's the truth. I yeah. mean, it's a lot harder to do that at a high level right. than it is motocross, in my opinion. Yeah. I it's wish, all gnarly. Don't get me wrong. But. I really wish that they would set a Supercross and all that stuff up to where it would break, I guess you'd say it like end for the GP guys could come over here, race it, and then go race the GPs. That would be awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was a great weekend, though. You know, then Zach still wins that championship, and then he still kicks everybody's butt. Dude, I've got a whole new, like, respect for that dude. He is gnarly. Yeah, yeah, it was a good weekend. You know, I'm looking forward to this GP coming up. Uh, you know, hopefully it's going to be televised. I don't know where to find it just yet, other than their website. Any of you guys know about TV schedule for that? No, I sure don't. Facebook Live just yeah. died on us. Did it? Yeah, I don't know what happened. The whole Facebook thing just shut uh, down. So, oh well, that's, that's oh well. But um, yeah, I don't know. I was looking, trying to find a way they're going to play it online. I know all those GPs like get to like pay to. Yeah, stream they have them. a package just like Nationals do. I know uh, DJ Girl. She she subscribes to it. She watches all of them. But I was wondering with this one being in the U.S. if there would be any U.S. coverage. And I'll have to look into that and figure that out. We'll just have to get her to to live stream it. Yeah, like, there you oh. go. Maybe somebody <laughs> could let us know. I'm sure somebody knows can tweet us or something let us know where to find it because i definitely want to watch it and i'd hate to have to go to the uh gp website and pay you know i'm not for one race i'm not doing it for any races i will i'm more than willing to wait and watch it on youtube yeah, afterwards I, don't I, I i love watching the practices and all that this week this year i really i think man 50 bucks is nothing because i don't pay for direct tv anymore anyway yeah true so that's but, the only thing i'm paying for. but i am paying for it so i'm like ah, uh, i can't pay yeah. again you know yeah all because mav tv is stupid yeah no, yeah, they don't have, no <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah man so anyway you, uh, you know like lucas i think lucas oil owns mav tv is what the deal is or, Matt, or Matt yeah Owensley. it's one okay. of the two i got you so that that's part of the deal there but the, the TV package, pardon me, the, the TV package was crap for the Nationals this year. And I don't want to hear, well, it's better than it used to be. Look, we're in a whole new age. No, it needs to be better than that. I'm sorry. I know? didn't watch it. I'm kind of like with Jamie. I pay for that little deal. So I watch it on my phone and all that yeah, kind of stuff. And, I love not and it was awesome. Like, I don't I don't yeah. know what the TV package was like this year because I didn't do well, the you TV. Didn't, I think you it didn't was miss the same a whole as lot. it has been where you get, like, the first two motors. You know, sometimes they're all... All four motos are live, and sometimes the second motos are the um, next day or whatever. Or two I seem like later. we had more of the second motos the next day this year than we've had. I, in I think that's because of the package, you know. But I mean, if it, if the TV companies are not willing to show them, then that's just the way it is. I mean, they, you know, I'm sure MX Sports would love for them to be all live like that. But like, I, I mean, that app is really not that expensive when you break it down i'll probably get it next year i just i gotta talk my wife into unplugging the freaking direct tv again yeah took me a while last time then she wrote me back into it well i like you need to do what i told you to do with the fire stick and that's what i'm trying to do but it it has to make sense and she doesn't and i don't can't make her nervous about it (laughs) you know what i mean anyway i understand uh, I, said, I didn't ask. I just, I just did it. I just did it. Never. Yeah. You know, was like, uh, okay, what's that up? shit. What's that shit TV? don't work in my house. It's a good thing our uh, girls don't listen to this. You can bet my wife's not going to listen to this. <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah. But, uh, I just, I just turned it off, and that was it. And then I showed her how to use the Fire Stick and the Netflix, and she's good to go. Well, I made sure I downloaded all the apps for the Home and Garden Channel or whatever that all that stuff is she watches. And yep, yep, it's there. Heck yeah. We're going to go ahead and get to our first guest, guys. He is 
retired now and living living the good life. He uh, raced a long time factory Honda, factory KTM. The great Andrew Short, Shorty, what's up, dude? Uh, hanging out. I've been busier than ever. You said I've been retired, but I feel like I've uh, I haven't had a day off in a while. But I've been having a lot of fun doing some new events, and uh, right now I'm currently trying to get some bikes ready to go to Colorado. So, nice. Yeah, if you're yeah. into moto and you are only going to follow one Instagram account, yours is the one to follow. Yep. I live. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, I live vicariously yeah. through you. <laughs> yeah, I get to do some fun events, uh, different than motocross. I've been doing the same events or the same races, I should say, for 17 races. So this year, I had no excuse when people would say, "Hey, you want to come do this?" Or uh, in the years past, you know, they've invited me to different events. I've always had to say no because of prior uh, commitments and trying to stay focused with racing. And now I can't say no, so it's uh, <laughs> kind of a good problem and bad at the same time. I I feel like I've. Uh, been gone a lot but uh, a lot of cool opportunities well i'll tell you what we had your your wife jackie on a few weeks ago and i asked her how you guys were enjoying retiring life she goes well he's never home so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel bad too because i've been trying to get on the show with you guys a few times it seems like uh often i'm, I'm flying somewhere on tuesday night so yeah that was the this, case uh, yeah there's no race this weekend uh i have a few uh weekends off and i'm actually headed to the colorado 600 in south fort colorado uh, the Trail Preservation Alliance. It's the TPA. I don't know if I said that correct, but uh, they put on this uh, cool ride, a seminar, and kind of update um, the industry and some people on, you know, how they're helping people keep the trails open in the state of Colorado. So I'm excited to go up there. It's it's fun riding and uh, good people. Yeah, yeah. Did didn't Jackie just get done with an event herself? Yeah, she did the Shady Burrow Enduro, same area, and uh, some of the same people, but. It was a, I don't know if it was a standard enduro, it seemed more like an extreme enduro, but uh, <laughs> she survived. I'm trying to get her bike patched up. Uh, she flipped that thing upside down a couple times. Oops. It was missing coolant, oil in the airbox. Oh, it was boy. a mess. Oh, wow. so, yeah, hey, so trying to get that thing going again. Before we before. get too farther, far more, too much farther into this interview, how is, uh, you're down pretty close to some of that flooding. Actually, I saw some of your property was underwater. How are you, is everybody safe down there? Yeah, yeah, everyone's safe. It's just, uh, it's kind of a mess. At this at this point, the craziness is over for us. We live on the Colorado River, and uh, I would say a majority of our property, maybe 75% or maybe a little less, 60%, uh, was all underwater, and um, it's the highest it's ever been. So I think it was higher than the 1991 uh, flood, and they were saying it's similar to the 1913, and wow. right about then is when they put the dams in, so... It was really high, but fortunately our house stayed dry. Our guest house got really wet, and uh, like hay barns, chicken coops, stuff like that. Yeah, well, um, so they've been okay. trying to, yeah, they've been trying to clean that up. But man, yeah, for us, we're we're really thankful. A lot of people are dealing with much worse, and you know when you hear people losing uh, life and stuff like that, the situation's a lot more serious. So thoughts and prayers goes to those people. I think Houston's nuts. For <laughs> those is. that have been to Rio, yeah, I heard Rio. The pavilion is like. It's up to the top of that thing or something oh, crazy. Wow. Oh man! Yeah, I was like there. Nuts. Yeah, I was there last year for the Moto Master Series, and yeah, that's cra- it's just insane how much water. I saw pictures like Cleveland, Texas had some areas underwater, and that's pretty far north. It's just yeah. amazing and very, very scary what's happened down there. Yeah, yeah we hope that everything gets dried out soon. Well, I know this is yeah. not really anything. I mean, every time it rains, three palms goes underwater. But dude, <laughs> yeah. it, that whole place, like it usually, it's kind of tame a little bit man that it is nothing like it has been you know it's gnarly yeah so yeah. How, so, 
now that you're retired, you know, have you missed any of these weekends? Have you missed or wanted, wished you were at one of these races, or are you pretty happy that you're done with it? Mm, I go to a majority of the races, so when I'm out there, sometimes, yeah, I'm super jealous. I want to race, and honestly, yeah, I miss racing really bad. I don't miss racing Supercross. Uh, I love helping the guys. I love practicing and testing, but I don't miss the first laps because yeah. you have to take a lot of chances and you have to make uh, split-second decisions that have huge consequences if it, it's the wrong decision, you know? And if you're not willing to jump the triple or go big on the first lap, then you're going backwards and you're not really in the fight or in a position that's a whole lot of fun. So sure. you're just kind of doing laps at that point. So I, always, I don't miss Supercross, but I definitely miss Motocross, especially when the conditions are good. I always describe uh, Supercross as organized chaos. It's uh, it can go it can go really bad really quick, or you know, it can go really good. So yeah, I mean for sure. Um, and you know, I I love riding it, even like at the test track it's all it's awesome especially when you're on a good bike and uh testing with the team you you're on an awesome bike that makes a big difference for supercross so oh yeah for me I, I really enjoy that and i love being around the guys and and i love still being at the races um but you know like this last weekend the track was perfect in indiana and, and times like that i feel like i do enough laps testing and all that i could still be pretty competitive and i think when you step away it always looks a little easier than you <laughs> right, remembered sure. too so yeah. that makes it hard, but I'd love to try racing some more stuff in the future, maybe some off-road stuff and uh, see where that may lead, but it's tough. Yeah, you, you mentioned a little while ago that, you know, in the first lap you have to take some chances and you have to be willing to take those chances. Did you notice in the last, you know, year or two of your career that you weren't so willing to make some of those decisions? Um, like Trey Kennard, you know, retired recently, and we had him on, and he admitted on our show and the Pulp and Mix show that – those thoughts were in his mind while racing and that's not good, especially at your level, but really at any level, it's if you're out there double, you know, thinking twice about what you're doing, you're probably not going to go very fast and you may get hurt. Did you notice that with yourself? Mm, no, I mean, my last supercross, I woke up in the asterisk rig, you know, <laughs> or the Alpine star rig. So, I mean, I was, I was still at that point where I was trying to take chances to get back to where I was at a, at that level before. So I don't think I ever got to that point, but if I would have raced again, then yeah, I would say I'd, I'd be in that position. So that's why I kind of wanted to stop. I knew outdoors, I, there's a lot more comfort there and uh, a lot more room to move around. And it's still fast paced, but the conditions slow everything down. So in that aspect, uh, it was an enjoyable summer and I got to have uh, a lot of races with no regrets. I could go out on my own terms. So that was huge uh, from my part. Not many people get that opportunity. So and, you know, you look at Kennard. I mean, that guy hit the deck so many times, and I admire him so much for coming back each time. He always would hang it out, and, and he was scrubbing things, and, and I feel like he was taking chances. He would do whatever it took to win. So yeah. I admire that kid a lot, man. He had a lot of desire and tenacity and uh, a lot of courage to do what he did, um, for you know, and to get up that many times. Well, but both of you guys are very well beloved uh, in this sport, and it was, and I'm happy for both of you. But it was a bummer to lose both of you within a year of each other, you know. But uh, again, like I said, I'm still happy for you guys and pumped to have gotten to watch your careers. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like the sport's kind of in a transition right now in the 450 class. There's a lot of guys uh, that are kind of going away. I don't think Reed's the same person as he was, and if he is, he's not as consistent. He's definitely not the same Chad Reed of 2003, four, and later on in his career. But for sure, you, you're seeing a lot of guys starting to get older and retire, and uh, 
I think it's a good opportunity for these young kids. Uh, there's a lot of kids coming up, and it's their time to shine, and hopefully they'll take it to another level. And it's interesting to see the transition right now, though. Agreed. Now, now you always are a guy that, that loves to ride, and you probably ride a lot. Now, would, would you say you ride as much now as you did when you were still racing, but just on a different scale? Yeah, I, I ride more than ever. It's just not as structured, which is awesome. I can bury myself and ride ride till it gets dark and I have to worry about being tired on race day and uh, definitely with a lot less pressure too. So that freedom allows you to uh, kind of have those moments or the enjoyable moments as when you're a kid just riding for fun. So I, I love that. I still get the benefit riding an awesome bike with Honda and, and those things too. So that makes it fun and, and also purpose driven too. I feel like I'm helping the guys uh, test and do durability or all, all kinds of different elements um, when I am riding. So there's a lot of different factors that help. And um, so, yeah, I get to ride a lot. And I, if I have some spare time, I love to go ride off-road, go trail ride in the mountains or uh, do rally stuff. I would really love to do more rally in the future, but it seems pretty difficult. I haven't uh, been able to kind of break through with that. It seems like the opportunities are, are kind of minimalist, but especially here in North America, there's not a lot of opportunities to race that. But uh, that's something I, I have a huge passion for, and I think I could be pretty successful if I was able to devote some time to it. Cool, very cool. So with your position at Honda, um, kind of taking a step back from the racer position, do you see anything with the politics? Like the state of our sport right now is pretty pretty bad when you lose a team like RCH and sponsors for, for some of these teams, they don't really seem to want to come on board because, you know, maybe they're – that maybe failed the way I understand it, you know, Phil doesn't always let some of these other sponsors, you know, have their place in the pits, you know, like uh, RCH had Dodge at one time and they kind of backed out because of uh, kind of political things, I guess, with Feld. Do you see any issues with that that can be fixed to make our sport better? Do you, do you have any ideas that can help grow the sport? I, I don't think I have any ideas. I, I've definitely seen a different side of it since I, I stopped racing and, I see behind the scenes with the management side a little bit more, but I think outdoor sports just in general are, are starting to suffer a little bit. And um, whether it's fishing, you know, NASCAR, a lot of motorsports, especially you've uh, there's so much of it. You have access to it. And a lot of these kids are so hooked to a tablet or a phone or, or whatnot that they don't want to go outside and ride. You know, right. it's crazy that kids, when they turn 16, they don't run out the door and go get their driver's license. They're waiting a few years, you know, and, when I was a kid, it wasn't that, that way, you know. I wanted to get my driver's license so I could go ride with my buddies at the track and, yep. and be outside or go snowboarding on the weekend, whatever it may be. And I think we're just in a transition where it's not the same as it was, and I think our sport's going to have to adapt with it. And It's a shame that, you know, such a, a professional team like RCH had good founding uh, partners and uh, good riders and a lot of great personnel. Well, so yeah, to go away, you know, is saying something like you're you're saying, but yeah, you're I talking. About, you were talking about the kids not wanting to get their driver's license, and I'm doing. I got a son. He's 16. I mean, he rides and trains every day. He, um, and I mean, he's not afraid to go outside, but he really and is not like kid just sits around doing nothing. But he really cares nothing about getting his driver's license. And when I was 16, I'd have murdered somebody for my <laughs> driver's license. <laughs> Yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever. I don't get yeah. it. You know, my son was eighteen. Dude, I had a hardship license when I was fifteen, already driving. Like that's <laughs> yeah. how quick I wanted to get. Yeah, way, and so, know? but him, he's like, I mean, he's got his permit, he's got a vehicle, he's got everything. But I'm like, dude, 
you want to get this? He's like, yeah, I can get it later. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I think maybe I thought he was kind of down syndrome for a while. Well, all he does is ride dirt bikes to train to ride dirt bikes. So I can imagine he's a little preoccupied. I probably wouldn't yeah. care either if I had his setup. Like living know? at a training facility. Yeah, living at a training facility and riding all the time. But yeah, these kids need to put their phones down too. That's a lot of the deal. Like, Put your phone down, get out, go ride your dirt bike, your bicycle, throw a football, whatever it is, but get off your butt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all do, I think. We're all guilty of it. But yeah. Oh, yeah, for I think sure. It's changed, yeah, it's changed the dynamic of how the kids are growing up. I think that's the difference. So. Right. You know, like I said earlier, I love going to Colorado. I love going to explore. I love to go travel the world on my dirt bike. I feel like there's nothing better than that, but – some of the kids coming up, they aren't the same way. And I think you have access to the sport more than ever. And I think the TV programming, you know, all that's changing. It's more on demand. And, you know, the information is just so much more. So I don't know if kids are as into it as they were. No, um, you're right. I mean, everybody's so, overwhelmed with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, Andrew, so, you, you were happens. a few guys left in the sport that raced professionally on two strokes and came into the four stroke age. You know, a lot of us, I'm 43 years old, so, you know, I kind of feel like the two strokes were the heyday as far as better racing um, because, you know, things like block passes actually could stop you from jumping a triple, and it, 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 it was not as easy, quote-unquote easy. You had to rely more on your technique. Yeah. That. What, what do you think about that? Do you think, you know, theoretically, if they could bring two strokes back, that it would be, the racing would be better? I don't think the racing would be better. Um, I definitely think with the racing on a two-stroke, it is slower, so you can uh, have more block passes. Now the bikes are going so fast. If you're going to block pass somebody, the chances are you're going so high speed, it's gonna it's gonna be bad, you know. Right. Um, so and then you can recover so much easier on a four-stroke. So I think at this point the ship's kind of already sailed. Um, it's is it fun to go ride a two-stroke? Yeah, I mean it's it's awesome. I have a, a couple CR250s in the in the garage and they're fun to go ride but at the same time i think a 450 is uh it, overall it's more fun for me day in day out and i have uh more places to go ride it you know right. i can go to the mountains i can go ride on trails i can go ride a supercross track essentially on a pretty similar bike where a two-stroke it's not i guess you can but it's it's not quite the same so i think uh, definitely the tracks they could they're so high speed now in the way that everyone prepares. They're just that much more specialized and they know how to get the lines down faster with the computer programs and all yeah. the segment timing and all that. It just narrows out all the chances to make mistakes. And, you know, people have refined it so much to a point where the racing's kind of gotten stale and boring and kind of the same for any motorsport. You know, it's like F1, the, the pit stops are so quick and precise it's not like it used to be, you know, and some of the danger is gone without fueling. So right. I think that's just all motorsport in general. I think they've just refined it, their craft so far that they specialize in it, that they've, they don't make mistakes anymore as much as they used to. And it's not that they're better riders or and all that. I think just everything's evolved and it's, uh, you can't fault them, the crews for, and, and the riders and the personnel for getting this far. But at the same time, it doesn't allow for the events to unfold the way they used to. Now, have you had a chance to ride the Alta bike yet? No, I haven't, but I think that's coming for everyone, right? I, I would assume that all the manufacturers are kind of working on that or maybe even different companies, but it's uh, pretty cool to see the progression that they've made, and I don't think it's you know quite there to what an actual bike is. Like 
I couldn't take an Alta to the mountains and go ride all day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You I think have... at the motocross track it might be okay. And it's cool to see him pushing and doing, you know, getting technology a little further, and maybe it might open more spaces to ride and more people get involved in the sport, like you were talking about earlier. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, I mean, how cool would it be? I mean, potentially with something like that with no noise to do with, you could almost have a track in the middle of town somewhere and, and not be disturbing to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I see Josh Hill, like he goes and cruises. I don't know how legal that is or whatever, but <laughs> he doesn't really seem to care. But, right. I mean, it kind of shows you that it's uh, it's – it could open a whole new market, you know, kind of like those BMX kids who kind of free ride and do the same thing. It's kind of, that's what he's doing. And it's cool to see something different. And, um, and you know, like, like you said, it might be a whole new avenue. For sure. For sure. So throughout your career, uh, Andrew, you've had uh, a huge fan base. You're one, definitely one of the crowd favorites like Trey Kennard, Kevin Windham because of your personality. Um, do you have a favorite or defining moment in, throughout your career that maybe something that sticks out that, you know, is just like a highlight of your career, whether it be with fans or a race moment or just anything in particular? Yeah, for sure. The best day on a motorcycle for me was uh, Motocross the Nations 2010 in Colorado at Lakewood. It was a place I grew up and just to be on that team was a, a massive opportunity, let alone have it be in Colorado an hour from where I grew up on a track that I never thought would have a national, let alone motocross the nations. And for it to end up how it did was just surreal. So that's the day that I'll never forget. And it was uh, really special for me and the people close to me as well. Well, I'll tell you what, that day was special for me too. I was at that race and uh, it was really, really, really awesome to see you guys go in there and do it the way you did win. And, uh, you know, obviously we haven't had so much success, the last few years at that event, but man, I really, really enjoyed the Colorado race. It was neat. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I haven't been to one in Europe and I've heard it's pretty special there as well. But for me personally, just growing up in Colorado and seeing the atmosphere was, was huge. So it was a emotional roller coaster of a day for me. Uh, the first moto was a little dodgy. I got together with Townley and had, uh, my clutch lever got broke off and stuff like that. So I had some issues to deal with. So it was cool just to see how the second moto turned out a lot better for me and uh, finished second behind Dungey, and then we won the overall, so it was yeah. sweet. Yeah, it was a good deal. That was the uh, the first day I had really been introduced to uh, Kenny Roxon. Uh, seeing <laughs> seeing him ride and him him and Ben Townley were going at it in the last moto, and that was yeah. so fun to watch. And I'm like, whoever that kid is is somebody. Like he he's legit. Yeah. Like, and they were like, oh yeah, he's. I didn't. I wasn't following the GPS much at that time. They were like, yeah, he's 15 or 16, however old he was. And I was like, man, I hope he comes over here. And, well, he has, so. Yeah. It was funny because the next year after that race in 2011, we both rode on the same team. Right. And uh, he always gave me a hard time. He's like, yeah, I passed you around the outside like you were standing still (laughs) on a 250. Like, he was, like, kind of cocky back then, too. It was pretty funny. And so I didn't even know who he was or really care at that point. I mean, I kind of knew who he was, but. Uh, once I met him and knew his personality and stuff, especially back then, he was such a cool, young, crazy kid, you know, I mean, he still is essentially. Uh, but he's had a lot, a lot more going on in his life since then, but yeah, he seems like somebody uh, that'd be fun to be on a team with. Yep. Yeah. Especially back then he didn't care. He was like a kid. Now he's a lot more serious and I feel like he has so many pressures and outside influences that 
obviously it's not the same person as am I, I've changed a lot since then as well, but it's, uh, that time was pretty cool and special. Now, do you think if there's one person that's going to come back from an injury of his severity, it would probably be him, right? Like he's just that determined and maybe even stubborn, right? Yeah. I think the age that he's at or something, I don't know. I just feel like he wants, just wants to smash the world, you know? (laughs) And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he takes that so personally. It's not like none of us don't believe in him, but I feel like he has this thing where like everyone thinks he's like done and this that, and there. And like to me, I feel like he's gonna come back and just crush it. So for I, me, it's awkward to hear him like say that stuff. Like you know, so I feel I'm happy that it wasn't worse and that it's by no means is he ever gonna be the same physically. I, I don't think. But that doesn't mean he still can't compete at a high level and be the best. So okay. I uh, I wish nothing but the best for him here in the future. Yeah, and so with your experience at MX of Nations, how do you feel about all the uh, the media and the keyboard warriors bashing uh, Tomac about not wanting to go? You know, and, and how do you feel about the team that we are sending? Yeah, to me, I see both sides of it with Tomac. I understand why people are disappointed, especially with an event. Americans are so prideful. And and being a part of that event, you understand what it means. But at the same time, he's raced a lot this year. I feel like both series, he had a lot of pressure on him, which mentally I think he didn't deal with as well as some other people. And that for sure is going to put a drain on you. So if he doesn't recover and and get some of that mental uh, energy back, he's going to be in a world of hurt if he has – a season like he did this year where it's close for the championship. So I understand why he has to recharge the batteries and uh, not go and uh, all that. But I'm pumped um, for Osborne, Seeley. I don't know Covington, but I'm pumped that he's a part. It seems like he's been riding really well, and uh, he has a huge heart. And I think that whole vibe with that, that team is going to work really well because they're underdogs. So yeah, um, pumped for Seeley, obviously, just because the Honda guys. And I think he's a good kid. And, I know it means a lot to him. He doesn't really say a whole lot, and you can kind of see that yeah. uh, in his actions that it means a lot to him. We had him on uh, last week, I believe. Yeah, last and, week. Yeah, and the fact that he wants to go and Zach wants to go so bad, yeah. I think we're going to do a lot better than maybe we're getting credit for. You know, you, we, I don't know that we'll win, but I'm happy the guys that are going want to go. I certainly feel like we can win, and yeah. that's what I I said last week, and I'll, I'll echo this again. I, I want the I'm I'm happy with the team that wants to go. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah. And I feel like Covington will also be a really good asset because he races the GPs. He's yeah. been on this track before. Granted, yeah, he's having to move up to a bigger bike, but I, I'm sure that'll work itself out. Yeah, and he started on that metal grate before stuff right. like that. So. I feel like earlier, man, I said we're on this weird transition, you know, we're typically we're used to having somebody like Dungey go and, you know, these older veteran people. And now it's kind of like there's a whole new group or, or wave of kids that are coming up and they have these big opportunities. So hopefully they can build on them and, and make the most of it. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, before we let you go, you know, I want to ask you about you know, one of your longtime sponsors, Fly. You've been with them since pretty early on. Is that right? Yeah, I started wearing Fly 2003, I believe. So, um, yeah, yeah. Long well, time. I just, I they're one of my as an amateur sponsors. My co-host Mark just got hooked up with them this year yep. as a sponsor. And, Love Fly, man, Love Fly Racing. Th- that's just such a great company. I, I got to say that you know Jason Thomas and Chris Cooksey are just really good people, and I hope that you stick around with that company. Um, I hope it's somebody that sticks with you throughout the rest of your career. 
just I love seeing it. I love people like you and Trey being involved with that company, and it what? just makes me proud. Andrew, you signed a lifetime contract with them, didn't you? Uh, for racing. Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm not like uh, – I mean, I'm still involved with them all the time and do different events with them, which is great. And the people that basically started that company are, are awesome, and I think they kind of set the tone and the, the character of what that company stands for. Now they've recruited a whole new group of people that – have those same uh, characteristics and, and found that foundation is being carried on. So it's cool. Like the people you mentioned, like Cooksey, JT and uh, Bob Lowry, there's a bunch of people. Max is uh Max Steffen's the race. I don't know what you call him manager, I guess. Right. I've always been pretty close with him and there's just a good group of guys down there. And, and the best part about those guys is they all ride. They're into right. the sport. They're just like me and you, you know, we can sit on the back of the tailgate and go ride and have a good time or some of the other companies they're not very in touch with racing and it's just a numbers game to them where fly like riding is life to those guys yeah and uh and the western power sports you know their parent company so i love that attitude i love what they stand for and it's never really wavered and it's cool to see a whole new generation of people that are coming up and i miss seeing uh Baisley and um uh, you know craig shoemaker they haven't been around as much uh because they have some stuff going on in their lives, but sure. um, they still touch. You know, they they're still they're still doing a lot, but I don't see them as much as I used to. So I miss that. But um, great company, like you said, and their products keep getting better and better. Man, I, I'm pumped to see some of the innovation that they've done with the pants and uh, the gears come a long way. Andrew, what do we have to do to get you to come down and race the Pro Challenge here at Swan and Tyler in a few weeks? <laughs> When is it? Uh, when, it's the end of uh, September, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's like the first. Yeah, weekend, yeah, first weekend, first, last weekend of September, first weekend of October, I believe. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Like I've done that before. I've been there as a kid, you know, and I've raced there when I turned pro, and you know, it's like I, I want to go experience new things. I'm All going right. to Colorado until I don't know. I get home the 25th or 26th you know, September. So I'm going to be gone for a while. And there you go. Stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I want to go somewhere new and race. No, you know, I I, I've, I've been there, done that. I want to go do something else and have fun there. And honestly, I don't feel like, I don't want to say it does. It's not fair. I'd rather kids have the opportunity and to learn and make the most of it. And I can uh, sit back and enjoy watching them. Well, well, I ask that for very selfish reasons. <laughs> so, uh, but hey, just because I want to see you come up there, but yeah. hey, I, t I totally get it. But uh, yeah. Andrew, I know you're a busy guy. Uh, we won't take any more of your time, but thank you so much for uh, coming on our show and uh, speaking with us tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad it worked out, and uh, sorry about the other times. But hey, I, no worries. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. Well, you'll, you. you'll just have to like come on again to make it up to us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah. After, after you get back in Colorado. Yeah, I need something new to talk about. So. There you go. Have man. a good night, guys. Hey, you All too, right, Andrew. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. The great Andrew Short, ladies and gentlemen. Wow, such Loves, a nice guy, man. Yes, he is. Love Shorty. Miss him at the races, but glad he's enjoying his life. But uh, we're gonna go to commercial break and be right back with Kenny Watson. Yo, TJ. What's up, man? Do you need an upgrade to your drivetrain? Well, you know I do. Well, man, you need to get it in gear with PMP Sprockets. Heck yeah. Yeah. Who, I mean, why, you didn't think of that before. But why would I go to PMP Sprockets? Because they have colors for all makes and models. And they even offer sprockets for street bikes. So I can ride my KTM on the street? Yes, TJ. You can ride your KTM on the street. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, 
If you go to pmpsprockets.com and type in Darkside MX3 at checkout, you'll save some money. How about that? I like saving money. You like saving money? Yeah, this, I like saving money. This podcasting stuff, I'm going broke. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com. Or check out Instagram at WristBraceGuy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com. And that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L. And tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman up eastbound and down. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. 
Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, York Welding, and Fab. All Sport Dynamic, TPJ Racing, coming up next. Well, this man needs absolutely no introduction. If you've been around the sport of moto in the last 20 years, you know who Kenny Watson is. K-Dub, what's up, man? Nothing much, boys. You guys staying dry? We are for now. It wasn't looking so good for a while, but uh, luckily we're a ways away from the coast, so we're not getting flooded, but it did rain like hell. Yeah, man, that's that's crazy what's going on down there, man. I wish all those people the best. and Snarly, I wish there's something uh, you know I could do to help those people down there, but uh, you know what? It looks like uh, a lot of people are helping out, and uh, God willing, hope everybody's safe. I've got uh, several friends, and I helped organize a little bit. I couldn't go because I couldn't get off work. But so the but guy, one of my several of my friends took about fifteen boats down there and organized with the officials, and they're down there getting people out of their houses. Man, it's nuts. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, is is, uh, is the FedEx still delivering down there, or what do they do when that happens? They do, uh, nothing. They deliver in boats. They deliver in boats. <laughs> <laughs> they're not that dedicated. No, yeah. they, they're all shut down. Our Houston trucks that come in hey. every morning are not coming. Dude, if FedEx was smart, they would do the bitchinest ad campaign ever. Is get some dude on a jet ski dressed up in a FedEx uniform with a backpack on That'd and be pull awesome. up. That's why you're so good at your job. Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. There you go. Like I would have never thought of that. None of us would have. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good market. That's marketing 101 right there. Yeah. Yeah, or if you're just like a, you know, a FedEx store in that area, do like a local commercial. We yeah. even delivered during the floods. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's, somebody needs to get on that. You know what? TJ's sitting here. We both. I still work at FedEx. He doesn't anymore. I'm shocked they're not making them work. TJ, what do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, and down there, those guys. I know all those trucks. I had to go up to the terminal today, and they're just lo- loaded up. I mean, those those FedEx. They don't really care the as far as the company about the boxes being. They just want them delivered. And like you said, I'm surprised they're not put, telling them to put them in a trash bag yeah. and put them on the front porch. I'm surprised they didn't send airboats <laughs> down there and make them do something with that. You know? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, all jokes aside, though, all jokes aside, man, those people uh, are really struggling. So, uh, no you know, my prayers, my prayers and thoughts are with all of them. I hope everybody's safe and uh, that weather yeah. gets, lets up a little bit. But uh, we're but, about uh, thanks two. For the call. Well, thanks for the calls, guys. Yeah, yeah man. for sure. We're about two hours from there. So we got a bunch of people in this area two, two. Four, well, from where the rain is. All yeah. right. Anyways, you two. All right. Well, Kenny, so that, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on was, you know, you were on Pulp a couple weeks ago and you were talking about. Um, some stuff you're doing with addiction and uh, recovery and that kind of stuff. Why don't you tell us about what you got going on and and uh, what's coming up with that? Well, um, you know, I've always been an advocate for you know to on on helping you know addiction. I've been uh, you know in that you know my boat myself you know um, and battled addiction you know a couple times in my life and. You know, just not addiction, but, you know, like I, you know, I said on my podcast, I've, I've dealt with a lot of, you know, other kind of, you know, things as in, you know, you got addiction and you got depression and, you know, anxiety. And I've dealt with all those things, you know, and it's crazy that, you know, you think you, you see some guy and you never know what's, what's in his bag of tricks. You know, you could be standing next to a guy in the supermarket and he looks like he, he has his, all his shit together, but he could be the most miserable, 
freaking human being in the world. And that's where it led me. And I, you know, I was just in a really bad place and, uh, you know, and I really didn't have anybody, you know, I reached out to some people and I, I ended up getting help and I really found out that, you know, the addiction part of it had a lot to do with it. And, and, um, you know, that's a lot the reason why I, you know, had all this, you know, depression and anxiety and all this stuff. So I was really the last year to year and a half, I've been thinking like, Hey, you know, there's something that I, I need to step up and voice my opinion. You know, I have a podcast and maybe I could, if I could help one person, you know, I'm, I'm doing something because I feel like, you know, if everybody just tries to reach out and help, you know, if one person gets help, it's going to help this, you know, epidemic that we have going around the world. And, you know, I was able to, you know, thank God I had a friend and he was, you know, the, you know, his family turned away from him and he had nothing at all. And, uh, I always told him, dude, I'll, I'll always be here to help you, man. And, uh, about six or seven months ago, he, uh, you know, OD'd and then he tried to commit suicide and everybody turned on him. And, uh, one of, one, one of his buddies went and visited him and, uh, he had nothing. He was in the hospital. He had nowhere to go when he got out. And he said, can you please call Kenny Watson and tell him what's going on? And as soon as he did, um, I called, you know, I called my friend Kevin Cobb at Sick, Re at Sick Recovery Racing and said, hey, Kevin, you know, check it out. There's this dude and, you know, his this is his name and he's really in bad shape. They really don't have the funding to help. And uh, he said, well, let's just get him here and worry about the money later. And uh, to make a long story short, he just graduated about uh, a month ago from a six-month treatment and uh, left there and went to recovery house and now he's going to college to be a drug addiction counselor. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, so he's back with his, you know, back with his family and doing what he needs to do. And, you know, those are the things that I really thrive on helping and makes me feel good about, you know, no money or property or prestige. It's never right. going to make me feel like that. And, uh, I had a, a, a really good friend, um, kind of like a little brother to me, uh, passed away about three weeks ago, a month ago, and uh, over addiction and it got into a car accident. And he pretty much was paralyzed from the neck down. And he decided that he didn't want to live like that. And he, um, you know, they pulled out their breathing tube and this, and he wanted to die, to die like that. So uh, um, on the podcast, um, I did a podcast um, that's up right now on my podcast, Inside the Red, if anybody wants to listen to it. It's a pretty good listen, and it's about addiction. I had Colin Morrison, who's a pretty big advocate on recovery and sobriety. He's uh, scummy. Yeah, Colin Scummy Morrison and Kevin Cobb, and we were talking about recovery and, you know, what needs to be done. And um, Colin and I were really good friends with, you know, uh, his name was Brett, who passed away. And uh, we put together, you know, a ride day. And uh, Brett's family really wanted to, you know, get the word out there and, and help with recovery and addiction because, you know, they've been with, you know, this kid for most of his life and he's been battling, you know, addiction and, you know, depression and a bunch of other stuff. So um, we came up with the idea, or I take it back, Kevin Cobb came up with the idea where he would like to do a scholarship for someone that needs you know, rehab in Brett's name. And cool. uh, so what we did from there was we, we uh, were, were doing a ride day for Brett um, at LACR in California on September 8th. And um, RCH um, was 
cool enough to donate a bike and we're going to sell raffle tickets and we got jerseys and we got a bunch of stuff and all the proceeds are just going to go to sick recovery racing to try to help um, as many as people as we can and uh, just give back and get the word out there about this epidemic because, you know, I've always stated even way back on Pulp MX, you know, it's a problem that, you know, everybody, I don't care if you're a 50-year-old vet or you're a 10-year-old, you know, mini bike rider, you're going to get hurt. You're going to yep. break bones. And the younger you are and the more injuries you have and the more surgeries you have, the more you're going to take this pain medicine and these endorphins in your brain are going to, you know, be wanting more and wanting more and that's just the addiction you know that the endorphins is what causes that and uh you know so you know that's what gives you that feeling that rush when you're standing on the edge of a cliff and yeah. you want to jump off of it and you're like whoa or you're sitting behind a gate and your endorphins going the only other time your endorphins get like that is when you take an opiate Okay, so a lot of people don't realize that. So a lot of these dudes that are sitting at home on the couch broke off, and they don't even need to take that pain medicine. They can't get that that rush. So the next thing to that rush is they're like, oh, yeah, these pills made me feel like that. So they use that all the way through until they can't get pills anymore, and their next step is getting heroin. Right. And there's been, you know, we could I could name on one hand how many, you know, guys in the last five years that it's it's, you know, affecting their lives. So, uh, yeah, yes. So that's where we're at right now, you know, just trying to get back and get, you know, to the epidemic and, and, and do something about it. And, in, in not just in the sport of motocross, but in the, you know, in our, our state and, yeah. you know, it's, you know, more people are dying from this epidemic in the United States than any disease, any car accident, any shooting, any drunk drivers, anything. It's the number one killer in the country. Right. Yeah. I, um, I've learned a lot in the last few years because my fiance um, went to Cal- went, moved out to California for a while and went to school to become a drug and alcohol uh, counselor because she, you know she lost a, a family member to drugs and alcohol. So I've I've been reading books and yeah, you just don't realize how many people are affected by this and how it just overwhelms them and takes over their lives. It's 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 scary. Yeah, I mean, and it's crazy, you know, if some people say, oh, I'm not one and no one in my family, but you you know a friend of a friend or yeah. someone, everybody knows someone that's battling some kind of addiction. If it's not a mental addiction, it's a, you know, a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a sex addiction, a food addiction. Addiction is an addiction, you know what I mean? And unless you have some kind of, you know, program to work with it, you know, it's, it's 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 deadly and definitely the opiate the uh, opiate epidemic is probably the you know it is the number one killer in the country. It's a it's a bad one for sure. Where can people go to find out uh, details on the uh, the ride day for September eighth and where can they find out to get where can they get raffle tickets? Uh, right now you could go if you go to the Racers Edge uh, Instagram you could you could. Um, you could the you could find out about you can get tickets there. Okay. Um, you can if you're interested in um, signing up. Um, if you know anybody or if the, any of the listeners need help and you know are afraid to reach out, um, all you gotta do is listen to the um, podcast that I did on Inside the Rut. It's episode 13, and um, there's directions how to get involved and how to reach out. And, you know, how the winners will be picked. Um, So it's pretty, I mean, 
we're we're getting the message out there. So yeah. you know, if if you know if someone from your show, if 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 all of us together on the phone right now can help one person, you know what I mean? Okay. Even if it's like we're talking about you know those people down in Houston. If you know, if one person can get help from something that we did down in Houston, we're doing, we're making a difference. Absolutely, and that's the way. That's the way I feel about addiction. Yeah, and usually, if you could do that, that one person is going to eventually help somebody. So exactly, it, yeah, chain reaction. You know, and, and I really appreciate you doing this. You know, you know, a lot of people have maybe a, an opinion of you based off, you know, your time on Pulp, and you love pushing. Mathis's buttons and but the general consensus I get um, like I just did a roundtable show with uh, Dune Goon and uh, Hobo Nick from main event and another guy Ryan um, and everybody just really that has got to meet you sees what a big heart you have and how how much you want to help people and how nice you really are like I mean the first time I met you, you know, you came up and signed my shirt. I'm sure you remember that. You crossed out Mathis's name, but you were so nice <laughs> and friendly to me and my fiance. And then at at Lakewood this year, me and Mark were up there, and you called us over and talked to us, and we discussed some of this kind of stuff. And you hooked me up with Brock Tickle for a little while. And man, you're just uh, a good dude. I, I remember at Dallas, you guys were sitting yeah. in the press box, and you yeah, and your yeah. lady were at the end. I, I remember. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I still have those stickers, um, by the way. I, I put your, you know, I, inside the rut sticker on my toolbox. I got mine on my helmet. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know what? It's a lot of people. You know, they judge a book by its cover. They don't know me. Um, and you know, even you know, Mathis and I. That was pretty much, you know, I wouldn't say scripted, but you know, it was just to get it going. You know, sure. you needed two guys and. I, I was I was the villain, I guess, you know, and, and everybody loved Steve. And it was, you know, pretty much, you know, the way I acted on that show was, you know, Steve pissing me off and I just didn't want to be there. Right. But, you know, but like I said, I gave him my word that I would. And if I was good, bad or indifferent, I was there. I was there. So I did the best I could with what I have. But uh, all in all, you know, I, I'm a I'm a giving, caring person. Um, you know, that's the way um I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a human being. I've made mistakes. I've tried to learn from them. Um, you know, every day, you know, I'm not saying that, that I'm perfect cause I was, I would be full of shit, but, uh, you know, I, I try to, I try to treat people like they treat me. And if you treat me with respect, I'm going to treat you with respect. Well, Hey Kenny, hey, none of us are perfect, but right. it's, it's a daily struggle to try to do the right thing. But what I'll say is, and I know you, you yourself have, have, have battled some addiction, but when I see, going the extra mile to help somebody no matter what you're helping them with that shows me you're serious about what you're doing because that's kind of part of the program is doing that and to help others you know and in turn help yourself doing that and gotta applaud you for it man i kind i mean i know the struggle I'm, I'm dealing with it myself and um man that's awesome yeah i i, I really appreciate that it means a lot you know and, and it's just i'm not that you know, I'm that type of guy, just not an addiction. If, uh, you know, if I'm a friend or, you know, I meet you and, you know, you call me and say, Hey, uh, I know your buddy works, you know, owns J star. Can you get me a, you know, can you make a call and get me a deal on a car? Yeah, no problem. You know, I'm that type of guy that, you know, Hey, if, uh, if I could do anything to help anyone I know or a friend, I'm that guy, you know, people know that that are in my circle and that know me. I mean, if you have my phone number, I'm willing to help put it that way if you have my phone number and you call me 
I'm willing to do whatever I can to help you no matter what it is. And that's just the way I am. And, and that's just the way I was raised. And, you know, like I said, I do the best I can, you know, every day. And, you know, I make, I make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to think that I'm this great person, but I, I, I make big mistakes and I'm, and, uh, you know, I just try to do better every day. Right. Well, you know, let's change subjects a little bit. Um, you know, everybody in the industry knows that RCH has closed is closing its doors. Bum, bum to hear that, by the um, way. It's I think it's a terrible thing for our sport. And some of the things you talked about when you were on the phone with Mathis the other night, actually, one in particular really kind of made me mad. Um, you were discussing Dodge being a part of it and how like you couldn't let people, like you couldn't open the doors of the cars basically and let people see the car really. You know, you, the the sponsor could not do what they needed to do. Um, that upsets me that our our sport failed maybe in particular isn't allowing that and it, our sport will not grow if we can't figure a way out a way to change this you are heavily involved with that part of RCH what do we do to fix it it's a really really good question um you know um getting starting at the at the dodge component um you know soon as as soon as we got the, the Dodge component, you know, as a sponsor, um, you know, they came out in full force, you know, and they were stoked to be part of it. And, uh, you know, we really didn't know the guidelines, um, because, you know, Feld, um, in the, in the guidelines of the, the rules back then really didn't, you know, there was really no other manufacturer automobile OEM that was really on site until we came along. And, you know, as soon as that happened, it threw red flags up to everybody the first day and all the people from Dodge were there and they seen all the negative feedback that we that we were getting about them being there. So take it from step day one when you have a multi million dollar sponsor come into your footprint and we're praising how great Supercross and Motocross is right. and then the people from the promoters and the other OEMs come together and are there telling you you can't do this you can't do that blah 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 you know these guys are going wait why are we doing this if we can't do this and you know if you go to any other motorsport that there's multiple you know oems they 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 all are in the same footprint if you go to uh, a nascar race you have a Dodge area, you have a Chevy area, yes. even if the car, even like you call it the Daytona 500 is, is sponsored by Chevy and the pace cards are all Chevy and the, and the trucks on, you know, the, the drying trucks and the, the safety trucks are all Chevys. You go outside that venue into the paddock where, you know, into the, you know, the, the, the fan zone or whatever you want to do it. But then you got Ford, you got, you know, Toyota, right. you got all these other, and they all work together. But once you get to our sport, it's a stronghold, and they're just like, nope, nope, nope. So that put a bad taste in their mouth. Sure. And we did the best we could. So after that day, they pulled back all their uh, support, as in sending people to the race. So it was on us to promote Dodge. So wow. like they weren't sending any ambassadors. They weren't sending any any other people to the race. And we were very, very lucky that we had an inside person there that loved motocross. Right. He was the he was the director of sports marketing for Dodge at the time, and his name was Brian Vigier, and he loved Supercross and motocross, and that was 
he he didn't even like NASCAR, and he would like, dude, I don't even care about NASCAR. Yeah. And that's when they were big in NASCAR, and he's just like, dude, fuck, I'd rather go to the dirt bike races. You know, they won the championship with Brad Kozlowski, and he was like, I don't care about that, dude. What's going on? You know what I mean? And it 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 was really cool, and he was there for three years, and then he left. And when he left, he was cool enough to re- renegotiate our contract for another two years before he left. Yeah. Because he knew when he left, if if they didn't do anything that, you know, we would not get re-signed because of this reason. But we weren't those people that just said, you know what, we're just going to do, you know, little as we can to promote Dodge. We would go, since we couldn't do it at the track, we would do like a hotel, a hotel takeover wherever the teams, you know, like let's say, you know, we were in Atlanta and everybody stayed in the same hotel. We would get a hold of the local Dodge dealer saying, hey, you know, we need you to bring, you know, a Dodge to the track and we'll sticker it all up, you know, with all of our sponsors. You know, we'll have Carrie sign the car mm-hmm. and the, the visor and we're going to give you this car away and you're going to be able to sell it. But we couldn't advertise it at the races like this car is for sale at. And if you had the sticker window price, you had to pull that off the window. <laughs> That's you ridiculous. couldn't do any of that stuff. But what we would do is go to that hotel and line up. 10 cars in the valet with the flashers on with the lights. And, you know, when you check in, we would work something out with the hotel where, you know, every key uh, envelope had, you know, presented by Dodge and Hart and Huntington or whatever it was to try to do, you know, brand awareness for them. And, uh, you know, that whole deal with Dodge, it, it, you know, it went through its course and, you know, it, it was, it's, it's really, really tough to, to make this stuff happen and to work with them because like I said on their show, there's a big difference because what happens is the they have a sales department and the sales department that sells motocross sells Disney on ice, they sell, you know, you know, monster trucks. Right. And their biggest goal is to raise money from sponsors. So if you're Coke and you know, I'm you know I'm call it Johnson and Johnson they don't care. They'll give it to Johnson Johnson and say, hey, where do you want to be? Do you want to be part of Supercross or do you want to be – okay. And they say, okay, uh, you know, Pepsi, you're going to Supercross, and here is, you know, you can't really go Pepsi because the monster owns Coke. Right, right. Well, well, I have a question real quick, Kenny. So, so, from- so what happens is at the end of the day, these sales guys sell it, and the people that run the Supercross, as in Day Prater, doesn't know the deliverables – right away okay and they just sign the contract and say okay here it is well they're not thinking about team a team b and team c they're thinking about feld they're thinking about their brand where they're going to put them in the pits and it doesn't matter until we get there and then they're like oh my god this is a problem and then they're they're all that what they say all the time is well it's our sales sales team that did this contract and we have to honor the contract that we have to these people which I totally, totally understand being in the, on that side is like when you sign a contract with a sponsor, they're expecting deliverables and that's what it is. It's a breach of contract and you're not going to get paid. And I totally get that. I totally get that. But my biggest concern is, and it always been, and this is what I relayed the message of those guys is, if there is no team in these paddocks to go on that track and to go on TV and to let these 30,000 people through the pits – there is no sponsor to sell. What was so, what was Feld's reason? I mean, I don't understand how it hurt them for Dodge to be 
in the pits. I, that, that because put... they had they had a contract with Toyota that they were the exclusive car of Supercross. Right. So when they do that, they own they they in their deal that Feld owns the paddock, the, the pits. Oh. Yeah. So you can't you you can you like they have no control what you can do underneath your tent. Right. But you couldn't open the doors. Yeah, that's that's why you only see Alpine Star booth set up there, and you only see Racer X set up there, and you only see this. You know, and well, I've always wondered that until I've heard you talk about it, and, and they just pretty much. You would figure a car manufacturer, especially that's it's obviously probably had a lot of doings in NASCAR, wouldn't even ask for something like that because they don't get it over there. Yeah, well, and, and the thing was, um, the when when. The engagement you get at a Supercross compared to a NASCAR race is so much more. Like, um, the numbers that we would do at a Supercross race would, like, literally, if it was, you know, in an eight-hour period, um, we were only there one day in an eight-hour period of Supercross where these uh, car manufacturers would be there for two to three days activating and doing what they had to do with, with the fan interaction um, you know, of course, their numbers were more because they right. were there longer. But if we had three days, we would crush them. I mean, we were almost half of their number in one day. Wow. So they were seeing like, hey, this is cool. Yeah. And like for Dodge, for instance, they would give us a discount code to buy cars. In one year, we sold 90 cars from a Dodge dealer in wow. Las Vegas. And they liked that. They're like, OK, and we're doing what we need to do with with our hands tied. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, there's so much we, more we could do with our sport if they would let us, you know, uh, at Houston a few years ago, my, my ex-wife now and I were walking around and she was a manager at our local Victoria's Secret. And I'd say, you know, it seems like one out of every five women that was walking around was wearing a Victoria's Secret hoodie or something. She was like, why don't businesses like that set up a, a canopy here, you know, and have a, a salesperson or whatever. And there's so many more sponsors that could come to our sport if that would be allowed and it would grow. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like, it's a passion sport. Yeah. So if you go to Victoria's secret marketing and said, Hey, you know, this is what the deal is. They would look at you like you had two heads. Right. You know what I mean? They, you know, and I always say like, how does companies like these shoe companies like Vans and DC and Etnies and all these companies, how, how in the hell, why aren't they crushing it? Because you know what? Every person that walks through there, or why isn't Nike or Adidas or these companies really, really, really involved? I mean, I know Adidas dabbles in it with Troy Lee and you yeah. know with uh, Seely. you know Cole Seely. But like, dude, you, I mean, like as a team, you know, we're getting a thousand people through there, you know, a day to register. Mm-hmm. So we have their contact. We could email them back and say, hey, here's a discount code to go to, you know, to order a pair of Adidas online and you get 30% off of them. And all you can do is go to adidas.com and you order them. Yep. Okay. We've pitched this. They don't want nothing to do with it. They don't feel like it's cool enough or, or uh, you know, to do it because they feel, you know, that, you know, that. They they just don't think that it's it's a good enough sport because of everything that's happened in the past. Right. Sure. You know, I mean, there. I when I first got involved in this, you know, when it was an independent promoter at every Supercross, 
you could sell t-shirts in your pit. You could do whatever you wanted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't as big as it is now, but you could do it. And I I truly believe that, you know, you should be able to to offset the cost. Because uh, yeah. I mean, like I I don't get me wrong, dude. I I totally respect what Feld's doing. The sport has grown tremendously. But the sport and the promoters have are have grown that has surpassed the teams. Right. It used to be the team and the manufacturers overpowered the, the industry of racing at you know with the promoters at the local level and all that. But now it's just surpassed, and you know Feld and the other promoters in motocross. You know I you know I think there's a couple of them out there that really care. And, you know, I think if it was up to, you know, them at the end of the day, if it ended up going away, they're just going to put, you know, 25 guys in a, in a, uh, a semi truck and say, all right, here we go. You know, they're going to go have three heat races and everybody's going to race every heat race and they're going to have a villain and they're going to have, you know, they're going to turn it into monster trucks where they're going to pick the winners and they're going to own the riders and they're just going to pay these guys to go do a salary. You know? Yeah, hopefully that won't happen because that's terrible. Well, if they run the OEMs off, how are they going to use? Where are yeah. they going to get motorcycles from? Yeah, lots of will buy them. Yeah, they'll go buy them. But I, you know, that in, in a perfect world, you know, that you know, I don't think that that should happen, or yeah. it, even, it might even would happen. But I know that Feld, you know, isn't just going to let, you know, this this golden goose egg go away. Right. I, I, you know, and, and like I said, I got so much respect for, for Dave and Todd Gendra. Those guys are really, really good guys. And, you know, they work for a huge company mm-hmm. and, you know, they have to answer to people and they're just doing what they think is best, you know? And, you know, they, you know, they really, they, they really, there, there's a protocol set up for them and they go in and do what, you know, what's, what the protocol is. And, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough deal for those guys. Yeah, man, it's it's a, it's a bummer deal to hear all that. Well, Kenny, I, I know you're a busy guy. We won't take any more of your time, man. But thanks for coming on and chatting with us. And uh, the issues we every issue we talked about tonight, I feel like is is a serious one and needs to get more light, more airtime. And uh, man, I, I I would love for you to come back on again and we'll discuss it some further. Yeah, no problem, you guys. And if I could, I'd just like to give a shout out. If, uh, sure. like I said, if anybody you know out there um, is fighting an addiction problem or any kind of you know depression or anything, give my podcast a listen. It's it's inside the rut. It's episode thirteen. Or you could get a hold of me on Instagram, uh, Vegas K Dub. And uh, if I could help anybody in any way, just please give me an IM and uh, I'll get back to you. But uh, you know, I'm here to help and. Uh, Hopefully, uh, I see you guys at the races. If I can find a job, it's, um, if not, um, I'll be working at the Home Depot in uh, Menifee. <laughs> yeah, we hope to see you in Houston, man. Yeah, Houston, well, Houston's back. Well, hope may, if Houston happens this year, yeah, or really. 18, we hope to see you there. Kenny, we have no doubt you'll land on your feet, bud. Yeah. I hope so. All right, you guys. Well, I'm here for you guys if you need me. Good luck with the show. Uh, congratulations on, on the success of the show. I hear you barking off a bunch of sponsors, so that's good to hear. And, uh, <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, hey, Kenny. Same to you, bud. Have a good day. You too. Right, Bye. See you, man. The great Kenny Watson, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to go right into our Locals Only segment here shortly. Locals Only, man. Get out of here. <laughs> go back to the valley, kook. 
<laughs> Every time I hear that, I crack up. Guys, it's time. Locals only. We're going to discuss any any and all issues uh, related to local racing in any area, not just ours in particular. And tonight, joining us, uh, Fly Racing Zone, Chris Cooksey. Cooksey, what's up? What's up, guys? How we doing? We're good, man. We just wrapped it up with uh, Kenny Watson, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get into some local dirt bike racing and talk with you, bud. Nice. How was the original K-Dub? He's good. He he's never disappoints. Good. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Uh, just wind him up and let him go. Yep. Yeah, he's full of information. You know, and before him, we had on uh, Fly Racing's own Andrew Short. Yeah, the great Andrew Short. Oh, dude. I can't believe you're making me follow those guys. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a tough one, man. It's going to be a tough one. So, uh, did, hey, did, did Watson say what he's doing? No. He, he doesn't know yet. He, he said he's talking yet. about Home Depot, working there at the <laughs> local Home Depot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. He'll land He'll on his feet. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody, somebody will hire him. I mean, he had already come to – right when he came on, you got to listen to the show. He gave a pitch that uh, FedEx needs to use already. I mean, he's yeah. that guy is full of ideas. Marketing so. genius. He Marketing is. genius. Hey, you know, I've seen I've seen so many teams that he's been on fold, and that guy always finds a spot. You know, he's a good dude. You no know? doubt, he gets a lot of shit. If you read, if you trust any sort of message board, you think he's a dick. But when you meet him in person, he's actually a good dude, man. I, yeah, I, I we like talked that about guy. that. So, yeah, the the main reason we had him on, and I'm sure you listened to Pulp a couple weeks ago when he called in, was you know he's involved with uh, with sick recovery, sick recovery and some, yeah. uh, addiction stuff that we want to talk to him about, and just that's what we talked about is. He really does have a good heart, and he wants to help people. He's a good dude. Yeah, so, I've talked to him pretty extensively about that, too. And, uh, you know, it's crazy how that is rampant in our sport. Just, I mean, because all of us get hurt so often. And these yeah. doctors just yeah. they look at our x-rays, and they're like, here you go. Take whatever you <laughs> yeah, want. right, so, right. So, yeah. Chris, how much, local, how much amateur racing, local racing do you do? Uh, you're in Nevada, right? That's where you live, but you cover a bigger area. Yeah, I'm in southern Nevada, and I cover southern Utah. And honestly, dude, there's not much. Mesquite has a few races, but it's not – and this is something – I told you, Darkside, that I tested the Alta a few weeks ago yeah. just because – and part of the reason was I just – I see the scene just dying off, and I'm trying to figure out why. You know, we're still getting vet riders. But we're not getting the up-and-comer – we're not getting kids, and that next generation isn't riding dirt bikes and – you know, I, I talk to, you know, there's like, there's 12 reps in our region. We all have meetings and stuff. And I ask, any of you guys' kids ride? I mean, we all ride, mm -hmm. but none of our kids ride. And I thought that was wow. really strange. And I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, my kid loves BMX, but that, that tracks only 10 minutes. You yeah. think and, You think that other yeah. sports are pulling them away? I think other things I've had. And <laughs> spans are shorter. But also it is. I mean, I have to drive an hour and a half to get to Mesquite. He doesn't want to do that. Yeah. He'll go 10 minutes to a BMX track and, you know, hang out with his buddies. But if that electric bike could open up urban areas to where yeah. we could have a track, you know, and that that would really, really revive it. Even if it doesn't replace gas, if it just does something where, you know, cause how many of us have more than one bike? Almost damn near all of us. So you have your electric bike for during the week and, you know, and then you go ride a big track on the weekend or something. Yeah, but when there's a, I'm going to say this: if when there are fifteen thousand dollars, I'm not going to have uh, two bikes. Yeah. I mean, well, like, funny, I, funny you say that. <laughs> well, I like what they're not going to. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say they're not going to all be fifteen thousand. Yeah. You know, I, I flew out to Alton, talked to those guys, and uh, rode their bike. 
And basically what they're doing is they're, tra- they're just proving this bike's badass and can beat or compete with any gas bike. With the technology they have, they can easily go down the road and, and build bikes that are less money and, and you know, and, and reasonable. So Yeah, well, I saw what KTM has done with their, their ESX bike, and it's nowhere near a 250F, but... Man, that right there seems like it would be the most fun because you could have a track in your backyard. You could have smaller tracks done at the biggest big area. They can hit, you know, mountain bike trails. That's a sweet well, little idea. Well, for vets like us too, like we don't gotta have just the most bang up fast bike either. Like I can have fun on a pit bike, you know. Yeah, it really does matter. See, that was the big thing I wanted to ride. That I wanted to see if I felt like I was on a dirt bike. I, I didn't want to ride a souped up mountain bike. Yeah, I wanted to ride a motocross bike, and it really. Dude, that thing's fast. I <laughs> I ride a 350SX with a get ignition and a pro circuit pipe, and that thing was every it pulled every bit as hard as my bike. Wow, so, nice, nice. That's, that's a lot. I, mean, I had a 350. That's a that's a quite a bit of a power hit on that thing. Yeah, and, and you know the thing is, is I really wanted to see. Okay, if I buy one of these bikes, I want to know that I can go to the track and run it long enough to get tired. I yeah. mean, I hammered on it as hard as I could. I mean, I don't ride like you know, like Kiefer or, you know, these guys that test that bike, but I rode as hard as I could, and I got 18.9 miles out of it in 45 minutes, so. And, and never yeah. saw any drop in power or anything? Uh, you know what? It did drop a little bit, but honestly, I didn't even notice because I was just zoned and trying to trying to learn, you know, to ride it. And right. I really didn't notice it. You know, I got to the very end, I saw it flashing, and I thought, I better pull off because I don't want to push this back, so. Right. Well, yeah. I feel I feel like they'll be able to get that battery technology lined out, don't you? Yeah, and they said actually, uh, as of next year, they might even have up to thirty percent more. Oh, nice. And it see that's the thing is, if I would have plugged it in during my water break, you know, because I didn't do a forty-five minute moto, I did two motos, and <laughs> if I would have plugged it in my thirty-minute uh, break there, I would have added a quarter of the battery, and I think I, I mean, it would have outlasted my fitness had I done that. Yeah. So, so do you think that's something that? Let's say we can, all the manufacturers start making something similar. The price comes down. Do you see that helping grow the local amateur scene? Dude, I hope so. Uh, and actually, all the manufacturers, they were the first ones to buy the Alta bike. After they saw it at Red Bull Straight Rhythm, yep. mm-hmm. every manufacturer purchased bikes <laughs> from them to test and dissect. And it's coming. Um, right. and, and I think everybody sees it just because of, I mean, I probably, I don't know if it's hit you guys out there, but like I said, the track here is a long ways away, and we can't even – there's a new track being built, but we can't even have one in Nevada. Just there's so many regulations about oh, wow. dust and noise and, yeah. and force trucks. We had a track in Boulder City. They reopened it, and it, it, it was open a long time ago. It closed, and then they brought it back, and there were force strokes. And the force strokes carried, and these old people didn't realize, and when they got the chance to shut it down, they shut it down. That happens a lot. And fortunately, and we've had tracks shut down in our area too. They're far and few between, but it has happened. And fortunately for us in Texas, we do have quite a bit in our area to go ride. Now, for how long? I mean, it, nobody's immune. If, 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 like what happened with the compound over there in Weatherford, their neighbors got them shut down. Yep. And, and I feel like a, a quieter motorcycle would help that. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was my whole point of going up there is I'm trying to, you know, and I see I see this industry and it's not I mean it's doing great I mean the the pro series is healthy, but I look at, at the outside and the next generation coming up I don't see that much I, I don't know how it is in your guys' area but in my area 
there's not another generation. The vet classes are bigger than the kids' classes, and that's scary to me. Well, here you in know? Texas, I do a lot of the race announcing, and the the mini bikes, like the 50 classes and the 65 classes, and the vet classes are the big classes. Where we hurt here is anywhere from like the 250C and the 450, the 250s and the, and the 450, you know, middle of the pack classes. The vet classes will be full and the 50s will be, I mean, and for whatever reason, they think that they need, you know, 15 different 50 classes, but each gate's full. I mean, it's actually, in my opinion, from us here in Texas, it's kind of a, like a little bit of a, a silver lining, like, hey, yeah. little guys are riding. I'm sure that varies from different geographical areas. Right. Too, yeah, because right? we, but we have a lot of tracks. I mean, yeah. we have what, yeah. eight to 10 tracks within an hour and a half from us. Right. So, yeah. And that's one of the things too, you know, I go to all the shops all day long and, and one of the concerns is if you're going to spend five to 10,000 on a bike and get your kid dialed in, do you really want to have to drive an hour and a half every time you want to hit a decent motocross track? No. It, you know, and even if, even if they're desert riders, if they can't go to a track, they won't pull the trigger just, yeah. just to have that option. It, it's, but it's getting better. And like I said, I really look at that electric option and I do believe that's going to open up a whole new window and, I did an article for Thumper Talk on that bike. It'll come out on September 5th. So, Yeah, we'll yeah, check that I, out. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I think it's going to open up a lot of new stuff. So. Well, it's, what speaks volumes to me is that the manufacturers all ran out and bought one. That mean that 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 means they're 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 really looking hard at that thing. Yeah, they, they saw something they liked, you know. And, they know it's going to be a factor. Oh yeah, and I talked to Mark, the owner of the company, and he told me some other stuff off the record that I can't repeat. But nobody but, listens. Um, they're 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 concerned. <laughs> yeah, well, he's gonna be. Uh, he I just got an email from him about an hour ago. Uh, I don't know how you say his last name. Fen Fenningstein. I don't know how to say it. But okay, yeah, yeah cool I, I think we're going to have him yeah. on in the next two weeks. So, so maybe yeah. we can get some information like that about that out of him. I'd like to see what the man, what the uh, other OEMs, maybe what kind of contact they've had. Maybe he'll give me some info. But, yeah, yeah. Hit me up off the air, and I'll, uh, I'll give you some clues to how that, what to ask him. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right, cool, cool. Yeah. So, um, so, I guess changing subjects real quick. Um, we had you on a few months ago, but we didn't really get into into some of your past. Um, jobs and one of the things you've done was that you were an mma referee and mark over here he's a he's an mma fan and you know how'd you get involved with that oh man i'm stupid for one uh i just i love i love honestly if mma and ufc was around when i was a kid i probably would have switched that way and went ufc fighting and probably be handicapped right now because you know those, those i mean those guys take some blows and it's yeah. brutal and i and i you know, I wrestled in high school, but, you know, I had my friends that wrestled in college, and they transferred out of that, and they had nowhere to go. And they started an organization in Yuma, and they needed a referee that was impartial, and I'm out here in Vegas. I'm like, hey, I'll come do it for you. And next thing you know, I'm reffing, you know, these crazy dudes on an Indian reservation out in Yuma. So, <laughs> no. You, know, you want to talk about scary. There's two security guards. One, you know, one of the guys I'm, that is in the fight, War machine, you know the war machine that's in prison. Yeah, murder? yeah, Copenhagen or whatever. Yeah, he's cornering. He's he's cornering the guy and yelling at me. <laughs> mm. That's a scary and, guy know, to have guy, yelling at you. Yeah, a proven murderer. You know, he's just not a good dude. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was interesting to say the least. So, but it, it was a lot of fun. I, I I haven't trained much lately. I used to go to the gym just to to work out, but problem is, is I'm six foot four, about two hundred five, two ten, and just 
just good enough that the dudes like to warm up and practice on me and beat the crap out of me. So, <laughs> you know, well, I, I kept trying to, yeah, I was trying to avoid the pearl practice and then I come home and flip on the ultimate fighter and the dude that I'm grappling with is competing. I'm like, fuck this. I'm done with these guys beating me up. So. Right. <laughs> well, my brother and I both have a pretty good history with that. He's a, uh, uh, just about, he's a fourth degree brown belt in jujitsu. And, um, uh, we, uh, I did some fighting when I was younger, and at the, at the end of the day, man, it, uh, I was 28 when I started with that. I had a martial arts background, but 28 when I started messing with the MMA stuff, and man, I'm trying to run a business and, and live a professional life and do this and that, and I'm getting just a, the hell beat out of me every day, and I've taken enough blows to the head with all my other stuff, moto, you know, different things like that, that I'd go home at night and not be able to think straight. You get kind of emotionally crazy. And I just didn't want my brain to go away. It just wasn't, I'm with you on that. Had it been more popular when I was younger as it is now, I probably, that's probably what I would have done. But at that age, I was like, you know what? It's fun to train. It's fun to do this, but I'm going to lighten up on the competing. Yeah. You know, and I would probably do some more grappling tournaments. And I don't know about how the gyms are out in your area, but then again, I got like staff on my knee and I'm like, ah, oh, these guys are dirty. No, I know. TV. That's made way more fun. <laughs> I, I understand about the staff thing. I got it on my back one time. I got it on both forearms. It's it's just a prevalent thing in, in, a, in a grappling situation to get that. People don't clean the mats good enough, and dudes are dirty yeah. when they come in, you know? Well, I'm in Vegas. We get the pros to go gym to gym. I'm like, guys, shower in between. God damn it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun, scary, and uh, I looked at, at possibly being an MMA ref. But it's just so corrupt out here, as you can see with the Gregor uh, Mayweather fight. You know, it, it, there's a reason all the judges and everybody is just like 800 years old. They've all been grandfathered in, and they don't want anyone in their little circle. So. No, yeah, that's been a been a struggle for uh, MMA in general. And uh, you know, I feel like the the you know Zufa and all those guys finally kind of broke through that a little bit, but I'm sure they're still dealing with with some of it. Being like you said, being the older guys, but it, it's at the popularity. It's at people had to start paying attention, you know. Yeah, well, it's just crazy to me that the judges you have you can have a guy judge the fight who's never even grappled. Like, how do you know what's who's winning if you've never grappled you don't know the position well they should it's really weird they should treat that like yeah. they do the referees i don't think if you don't have a martial arts or wrestling background they're going to let just any idiot get in there and re- now i could be wrong i'm sure they do but not in not in, not in the upper <laughs> echelon of the sport you know yeah they do actually <laughs> <laughs> like you get you get big john her being a few of the guys that have but i mean mazagati i don't think that dude's ever rolled Oh, he may you know, not have. You're uh, right. I didn't think about him. I forgot about that. But they, yeah, in there we demand and like Kim. What was that girl? Kim something. I, I'm pretty sure she's not exactly training a whole bunch. So <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, it, it's it's really weird the way those commissions do that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, like I say, they got a few guys that rotate, like Big John, Herb. Um, used to be Rosenthal until he got busted selling weed. So yeah, I wonder what happened yeah. to him. <laughs> But, he did. He yeah. He got in the weed business before it was actually approved. So yeah. <laughs> well, so switching gears back to Moto just for a minute before we wrap up. I asked you this off the air, but what are you what are you hearing so far, feedback wise, on the 2018 gear, and what what is big for 2018 for Western Power Sports, just in general? Honestly, I've and I, you know I worked. You know, I know TJ's a big answer guy. <laughs> I have been, I have, I've worked for answer. I've worked for MSR. I worked for Takaraki and I've never been involved with a gear company that has had the reception that the gear has this year. I have 
yet to hear anyone say anything but good stuff about it. And I don't know if you, Darkside, have you wore the the light hydrogen with that bow yet? Um, I've never, I've level. never actually worn any. That's light my hydrogen, next purchase. But I have the boa on the um, Evo. the Evo stuff. Yeah, and that's good. But the, it really, the pant that really needed it was the light hydrogen because right. that's the thing about it. It was just kind of kind of sagged a little bit. But I really like that light feel. I mean, it's. I don't know how they can improve it, to be honest with you. And I love the colorways, and everyone sees they get, it's getting a really good response. Sell through the dealers has been good already. Yeah. So yeah, everybody it, looks it's good. amazing. Everybody that's yeah. been wearing it at the nationals just looks badass. And Mark and I have been like, we'll text back and forth. I don't know what color to get because I only have so much money, but I want like every color. So yeah. I, how do I make this happen on my limited budget? But I think I have it narrowed down to the ones I want. So yeah. the only set of gear I have right now is a set of light hydrogen, and it's my first set I had. And dude, I'll tell you what, that stuff's so good. Like I, I, I don't even. It's vented just perfectly enough that I wouldn't even worry about getting a full set of vented gear. I'd just wear that because it's it's and and that's in this Texas heat we deal with. It's perfect. I don't even notice it like I do the other stuff. You know. Yeah, it's my favorite. But you know what? I don't even mind. Our F-16 stuff, like, you look at a lot of people's entry-level gear, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's got that cheap buckle with, like, the side push-in where, you know, the fly stuff, the guy's right in it right there at the facility, and they want stuff that works. Right. And it's it's cool to have a company that, I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't go on the pan. You know, yeah. They don't put anything on there just because, so. Yeah, I like yeah. that, man. And, well, how about Western Power Sports? I mean, they, you know, they're, they're involved with um, all kinds, you know, uh, road racing stuff and their you know UTV stuff. What's what's big for Western Power Sports in 2018? Oh man, everything's big. Uh, UTV's huge. Uh, we got Sedona tires and we also do Shinko tires. And have you guys heard of Shinko tires? Yeah, yeah. Dude, they're good. Are they really? <laughs> they are not Chinese made, by the way. Uh, <laughs> with that name, everyone seems to think that. No, they're uh, Korean. They're old Yokohamas, basically Yokohama during the earthquake, uh, moved their plant to Korea and changed it to Shinko. Okay. So, and they, yeah, if you see any tires that are made from any companies, they say made in, uh, made in Korea, chances are they came out of Shinko's factory. So you can get really good tires for inexpensive if you go with those. What about, like, I've noticed some of the, the, the lesser expensive tires, the co- you know, the, the compound on them is real hard. It's hard. They're harder to mount and they're a little heavier. Do you, do you run into that with the Shinko tire? Nope, not at all. Really? Uh, I can't can't say the same for Sedona, but uh, the Shinko, no, they're they're quality. And if, if you guys ever, if you guys, does Endurocross come out to your guys' area? I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think it so. comes to Texas. Uh, well, yeah, the, the and, tires, and after watching A Ray stuff, I want to go. I want to go see yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I, I tried. I tried it twice, and I, the second time, I was like, "Why did I do this again?" So, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, the tires they're using though is it's a motocross footprint with a trials compound and Shinko has two of those tires out right now called the cheater the cheater 505 and the cheater 525 i'm going to try it on the motocross track i think the thing looks awesome and it actually holds up better than a regular tire well then with that softer compound i'd like to try it too uh yeah well it gets so hard out here in the summer just because well it's like 115 but yeah uh, you know but yeah those tires are good um they're high quality well, we we love Western Power Sports and and we love fly racing. We don't really like TJ. We so. don't like TJ, so his vote doesn't. Hey, count. no, the the thing is, is this year. No. Hold on, I've always gotta, had I've always had some kind of sponsorship, and this year I've decided not doing any sponsorship for gear stuff. I'm just going to buy the stuff that I like. 
You know, I mean, and I a lot I, of hydrogen, bro. And so, like I said, I, I've got fly gear. I got some stuff for Mark. I've got old school fly gear. I don't really care anymore. I'm old and fat, and I'm just riding and having fun. <laughs> well, that's that's what my yeah, resume. You know what? <laughs> my resume to fly racing said, if you don't sponsor me, I'm still going to buy your product. So did that's, mine. That's what I sent to them. I saw that. That was pretty funny. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, then they started you know helping me out for 2017. And then this year, Mark got involved, so we're both spo- both sponsored by Fly Now, and uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked. Head to toe, buddy. Yep. Head to toe. I love yeah, it. vinyl, vinyl hooked you guys up, right, Mike Williamson? Yeah, oh, yeah, yep, absolutely. He got us hooked up, man, for yeah. sure. And nice. you know, and he wasn't the only one that helped us out. A, a guy named Chris Cooksey, yeah, he, he helped di- us out too. Oh, some dude man, named Cooksey helped us. I don't know that guy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> man, we really appreciate uh, you and your time. Um, you know, we ran a little late tonight. We apologize for getting to you later than we were supposed are you to. Kidding, man. I'll be late anytime for K-Dub and Andrew Short. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's awesome. You guys are getting some good guests, man. God, you guys are really stepping up. I hope you guys – I don't know how you guys are doing these days. But Jamie. Sure seems good. Jamie, so. Jamie is very persistent. He he just – He just won't take no. He's a, he's a Well, he's a networking guru. That dude knows he, – he, he could figure out who knows who and who to get what number from. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. For the, in, this, for the, in the next coming weeks, we've got Weege coming on. We've got Alta coming on. Uh, I think we're going to have Brock Tickle. And Weege is one that I really was persistent. I've sent him yeah, a he, couple emails a week. He said no five times months. at the race. I'm super bummed. Yeah, TJ won't be uh, here. I won't week. be here. I'm, I'll be going to work, and I'm not going to be here. Uh, that's the main person that I was like, it, it's like that's like my idol guy. I don't you know. know. So. Yeah, that, that's weird. I kind of got a man but crush. That's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, we really appreciate you saying that, man. It's, it's, um, it's really cool how – good everybody is in the motocross community man when we were at lakewood that's where i got a large portion of the um contacts that i have now yeah and everybody said yes you know everybody like blake bag well yeah baggett and yeah blake baggett for sure um justin hill you know um sabachi all those guys were just yeah sure here's my number you know andrew short yeah here's my number it's cool just really, really cool how everybody is you know so friendly i've heard a lot of people say there's you know, a lot of backstabbing in the industry, and I mean, maybe there is, but all we've gotten so far is open, open arms. Yeah, there's a little bit, but you know what? It doesn't matter if you guys just, you know what I found? If you just do your own thing, you're going to be good. You yeah. know, you stay, you stay out of all that crap, you're good. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think, and what we do as a podcast, you know, in quote-unquote media, there's guys like Steve Mathis and Daniel Blair and, and Ian Kenny who's been doing it for a little while longer than us, and if we show them respect. You know, if, if we steal any information from them, we we say, hey, we got it from these guys, and they seem to respect that, and I think as long as there's respect, everything's going to be cool. Yeah, we're not trying to step on anybody yeah. to try to get somewhere. We're not even trying to really get anywhere other than – to do our part to, to get more more media coverage to the sport and to help promote this great sport we all love. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I, I do the Thumper Talk thing, and I'm just trying to get my way paid to a few races. That's all. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I, I've said a couple times on airs. You know, if, if we never get any bigger than we are right now, if we never make a dime, if I can get into Supercross and Motocross for free as media, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool to have that badge and be able to walk anywhere you want, right? Agreed. So, yeah, nice well, that's that's how I set the press box last year. Well, no, I take that back. I wasn't media last year. I just had a press box pass, but that was still pretty badass. He's dark side. That's what happens. Yeah, he's just, yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. The legend of dark side. The legend <laughs> of dark side. Well, hey, Cooksy, we know you're a busy guy, man. We won't take any more of your time. Thanks for joining us tonight for our Locals Only segment and offering us some very, very awesome insight, bud. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Keep it up, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Absolutely. Thanks, man. See you later. Cool. Fly Racing's Chris Cooksey, ladies and gentlemen. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, York Welding, and Fab, All Sport Dynamic, TPJ Racing. Guys, don't forget about sending us more goon riding picks. If you want a free set, All Sport Dynamics wrist braces. You're getting a pair of these things, guys, by yep. the way. Uh, send us your picks. We're going to pick the best one, and that's going to be the winner. Yeah, also, bad. back to what Kenny was talking about, September 8th. Uh, LACR, uh, LA County Raceway, um, they're having the, the Sick Recovery Ride Day. So, guys, if you're out in that area, ju- go jump in on that deal. Give some support to that, and um, and it uh, should be fun. I wish I was closer. I'd go. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to be able to go do something like that with those guys. And, uh, you know, PMP's back on board with us, yep, and yep. we're going to be giving away some uh, sprockets in the near future, too. Heck so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, who yeah, everybody keep listening and high quality aluminum sprocket. I mean, guys, it doesn't get any better than this. Jewelry, it's basically like bling jewelry, Man. and it's a sprocket. That's your jewelry for, yeah. your, for your motorcycle. <laughs> I usually wear one around my neck on a chain. Actually, not shocked about that. We're gonna start calling him Flavor Flav. Flavor Yeah, absolutely. But again, uh, upcoming too, uh, the uh, the tailgate grill from York Welding and Fab. As TJ mentioned at the first part of the show, that thing is really, really legit. Somebody's going to get to take that thing home for free. You can take it to the track. Easy to move it around, put it in your uh It's got a wrench receiver, for, a, for the lifter. Wrench. Like yeah. The handle is like 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 an end wrench. I believe he's going to put the winner's uh, number yep. on the on there, custom number on yeah, there. Yeah, I think some guy named Darkside was going to try he, he entered to win that already. Oh, oh did he? Yeah. <laughs> that dude that dude is ineligible. It is def- <laughs> I tell you one thing when you're looking at it, you can tell it's a custom built deal. It's yeah. nothing that you're going to go buy anywhere. Like it, it's pretty cool. And he had this other grill I posted up on the Snapchat. It was like a trailer. And it looked like something that came out of a, like, I was like, man, where'd you get this? I thought it was something that he had bought, like, out of a production line. It was, he's like, oh, no, I built this. And no, Carl, Carl's amazing. It's It was unreal. Yeah. He's also, Carl's a moto guy, support a moto yeah, company. Definitely. He may not be a specifically a moto company, but he's, he comes from a long uh, motorcycle background, dirt, dirt, flat track, motocross racing. Support your own guys. He's one of you. Support him. Yep. But uh, TJ, Dark Side, Muscle Mark, Moto X Pod Show. See you next week. Out.